Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Tom Butler. I'm Brendan Duffy. And I'm Tom Wheatley. And And you're you're listening listening to the James Bond A to Z podcast. Join us as three lifelong 007 fans go on a journey of discovery. We're on a mission to discover everything we can about cinema's greatest spy films. By learning about the people who made them in front of the camera and behind. The James Bond A to Z podcast is in no way affiliated with James Bond, Eon or the Fleming Estate. We've researched each episode as extensively as we can, but our information does come from a range of sources. We do our best to make sure the information is accurate, but sometimes we can get it wrong. If you want to correct us on something or add some more detail, email us at podcast at jamesbond8z.co.uk. Yes, you are listening to the James Bond A to Z podcast. Welcome again. My name is Tom Butler. I am joined by Mr. Brendan Duffy. Hello. And Wheatley. Tom Wheatley. Hello. <laughs> that was a weird one. <laughs> I changed my, my um, tact halfway through that and um, I wish I hadn't now, but carry on. Hello. <laughs> We've uh, been talking quite a lot about Sean Connery the uh, last few episodes. Um, it was a real pleasure to do that, the first uh, James Bond actor on film. So we just thought we would take a little, um, little detour at this point and... Look back over his films and do an official James Bond A to Z podcast ranking of the Sean Connery James Bond films. Um, it occurred to me the other day that in America they might call it the James Bond A to Z podcast. How do you feel about that? Well, I've I've accidentally said that by by a, a slip of the tongue, so I'm okay with that. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I, I think it's fine as long as they're listening. They can call it whatever they want. Great. Well, there you go. And I wonder where else they call it. What, what do they call it in Canada? A Z or a Z? Who knows? Ooh, Australia. Z? I would go uh, Z. Yeah. How, uh, is this backed up by facts? Have you got facts and stats I, for us, or is it just? I have no we'll clue. Throw, we'll throw it into the wind, and somebody will email in and go, "It's wrong." No clue. We don't even have the letter Z. I tell you what, if we if we're getting picked up on facts. Uh, and, and the main thing people are emailing about is our pronunciation of a Z. <laughs> I think uh, that's pretty good considering, considering the amount of nonsense we probably uh, discuss. Well, before we get to our James Bond ranking and our definitive answer on how to say the letter Z, um, we do have an email. Uh, thank you for mentioning emails. Uh, this is from Jordan Waller. Um, he says he's a real nerd and he's wondering very much about the business side of things. So how long does Eon have control over the James Bond franchise? And what's the relationship between Eon and the Fleming estate? Do they have it forever? I'm wondering in particular about the future of the franchise now that M&M, uh, M&M, MGM <laughs> might be the being taken really <laughs> might, <spiraling. laughs> might potentially being taken over by Amazon. I honestly don't know what the situation is. I've always wondered this, like how do they re- retain mm. the rights to James Bond? Because I guess it's just a case of if they don't make one for a certain amount of time, the rights may lapse. I think that might be how it works. Mm. 
Does anyone yeah, either of you two know? I've no idea. I'm waiting until we get to letter E. Yeah, that's what um, I told Jordan. But we would find out for the letter E um, and ask some. Sorry, people. Jordan, you're gonna have to listen until the letter E. At <laughs> <laughs> this rate, might take a while, but um, but yeah. So, shall we look at the Sean Connery James Bond films and rank them? Why not? Yes. Insert sting here. Bomb, 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 bomb. Right. I don't need to now, do I? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, how we did this was I asked you two to send me your rankings and uh, I've compiled them and given each film an average score. Um, I was thinking in terms of the order we do this, we'll do number one first and then go from best to worst. What do you think? Oh, I think you go the opposite way. Because the only thing... I mean, I think they're going to be pretty similar. Um, and I'm fairly certain I know what one and two would be. But I'm quite excited to find out if that's not true. Well, that is interesting. So I can tell you that we've we've all put the first three exactly the same order. And oh, we've also okay. put... Okay. The, the number seven all put the same number seven film so he made seven James Bond films and that's including Never Say Never Again so what do you want in reverse order or, or in uh... do Top of the Pop style so do Top of the Pops okay so number and s- with the singing no <laughs> Bre- Brendan can you give us a, a Sean Connery and in at number seven and in at number seven. I don't know what's in at number seven. That's a top that's that's <laughs> top of the pops and at number seven. Not a Sean I Connery. Not a Sean Connery one. Oh, Sean Connery. <laughs> what what is this assumption? Why do you think I can do a Sean Connery? Well it's it's easy for a number seven. You're an isn't impresario. A seven. Number seven. <laughs> that's it. It's not bad actually. So we all we all decided that Diamonds Are Forever uh is Sean Connery's worst James Bond film. Good. Yeah. <laughs> now there are people out there who will defend Diamonds Are Forever to death. Um, I will say that it's watchable. Um, what would you say? <laughs> I I think it's... Well, to be honest, I, I was one of those people. If you'd have asked me two months ago which one's the worst Connery film, I wouldn't have said Di- uh, Diamonds Are Forever. But when we all watched it, it's... I, I just don't think it's aged well. I think it's it's one of those ones that's very, very much, you know, rose-tinted glasses. When I look back at it, I think, oh, I used to love that film. It's not an enjoyable... It, in comparison to some of the other ones, it, it just hasn't aged well. And it's just it's just quite boring in a lot of places. There's a lot of really mm. long scenes that just are unnecessary. And obviously, Connery didn't want to be there. He's, and you can tell that. I think when you're younger, you can't tell. You, don't, you never realise that there was this arc of his career where he really didn't want to be Bond by a certain point and you don't think about that but when you know that it's just so no- obvious watching mm. it yeah I um, I think the rose tented spectacles is, is a big issue and I also think the theme song is doing a lot of the heavy lifting yeah agreed of, of that nostalgic oh diamonds are forever because the song is great um, yeah uh, I'd, I'd say that he he seems disinterested, but I, I think I think it does add a, a relaxed air to to him for probably for worse. He does seem more sort of 
more chill in this one yeah. than and than perhaps other ones. But I think that sort of almost um translates into him just sort of looking like he can't be bothered. Yeah, it's yeah, bl- thought, blase Bond, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of the stuff could be redeemed. Like, like Connery's role in it could have been redeemed. I think Tiffany Case is great. I think she does a brilliant job in it. But the the set pieces are so boring. Like being in mm. Vegas for like a massive part of the film is a really dull place for it. It's it's not. It's a nice idea, and if you're in there for fifteen minutes, it'd be brilliant. But for, cause they're in there for so long, and it just gets really boring. So. It's just so many elements to it that I just think come together and you by the end of it you're just tired of watching it. Yeah. Say something positive about it. Uh Winton Kid. Well, uh what uh Crispin's Glovers, yeah. Dad. I think they're alright. I think they're quite funny. Um they the, are, scene, but... the scene where it, uh, Tiffany Case uh, changes her appearance is good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I think Tiffany Case is great in it. I like the um uh, the scene when when they're fighting in the lift uh, with uh, uh, Frank's Peter Frank's, I think that's a great scene. Yes, it's a really nice angle. Yep, good shout. Uh, that's in Amsterdam, isn't it? Yeah, which is a good location for that. Uh, which is like one of the few interesting location changes of the film. Um, I mean, I'm struggling to think of other bits as well. I think basically, as soon as they get to Las Vegas, it goes downhill. Just it just becomes a bit of a, a, a slog. Yeah, and obviously Blofeld's ridiculous in this film, but um, I quite like the one-liner where he pops out of the manhole and he's, I've just taken my rat out for a walk and I got lost. <laughs> Those things are stupid, absolutely ridiculous one-liner <laughs> for Bond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got lazy on the one-liners. In, um, I wonder if you could review Bond films based on the quality of the one-liners in them. Well, I think they, they all have a, have good one-liners, even like, you know, even the, the, the more sort of... Um, uh, less humorous ones have good one-liners in them, I think. Uh, yeah, so Diamonds Are Forever at number seven. At number six, then, what What do you think is going to be at number six? Never Say Never. Yeah, d- like easily, Never Say Never again. This is the un- the unofficial James Bond. Well, actually, um, both uh, Wheatley and I ranked it second worst, and Brendan, you ranked it the third worst. Third worst. Yeah. Mm. Why did you rank it the third worst? You ranked it over Thunderball. Yeah, and this is this is where we're going to get emails in because Thunderball. I know it's ba- they're basically this similar film. It's the same story, isn't it? But it's so much underwater stuff in Thunderball. <laughs> you hate water, that, don't yeah. you? That's... I'm not. I'm not a fan of water. No, because you, you hated was... Waterworld. I remember you saying at the time. You absolutely hated it. <laughs> I just, yeah, you can't see what's going on. I'm just not a fan of it at all, really. Um, and I think I prefer Never Say Never Again, and it just lacks that shine of a, a real Bond theme and, um, you know, the, the official Eon stamp on it. Well, before we talk Thunderball properly, what, what about Never Say Never Again? What makes this better than Diamonds Are Forever? I think Connery cares a bit more. Yeah. I think he's a bit more interested in it. I think it. I think it benefits from the fact that it's removed from the canon. Yeah. So you treat it differently, and I think it's a little bit more enjoyable for that. Like I know the fact that it doesn't have the bomb music really is stupid. Like that at the end of the film, where I can't even know what um, Ronax's character is called, but he's like in a in a, a pool 
and then they have a chat and then they he kisses Kim Basinger and then that music comes in. Never, never, never. And you go, what is going on here? But I think it works for that. I think that like, it's like intriguing to watch. It's just interesting to, to see. And I think it benefits from that. I think it just, it, it's like an interesting element to the to this Connery saga. And also, I've always just never classed it as a Bond film. But as we've like gone on, I do class it as a Bond film now. I think it's an interesting part of the Bond series. You've got to include it. Have to, I think. It's um, yeah. it's so part and parcel of the whole story. I've got two words for you. We never say ever again. Fatima Blush. She is yeah. outstanding. Mm-hmm. Barbara Carrera in this film. Yeah, she's just brilliant. She really gives it a hundred percent on every moment she's in. <clears throat> and for me, that elevates the film to to another level. I think she's fantastic. What, what, what about that absolutely ridiculous um, computer game scene? You quite liked that, didn't you? <laughs> Like a director that. that's never seen anybody play a computer uh, game before. Yeah, I mean that is silly. That is that is daft. And also when yeah. he pops up in the dungarees as well, that is also um, quite a funny moment. And and then the well, bit he still looks better than he does in uh, You Only Live Twice, would he? Yeah, yeah, maybe. <clears throat> but I, I I enjoy the fact that they reference his age. Yeah, and and you know that's that's one of the things I it brings a bit of added. Uh, realism yeah. to what he actually looks like they're referencing like his age yeah it's yeah i think that's good so yeah it's a, it's a really interesting point of um for, for bond fans it's that those are the kind of apex moments in bond history that are really interesting aren't they like the thunderball stuff the never say never again stuff and uh and obviously never say never again obviously was the same the issue with uh octopussy as well so it's got that bit of history to it as mm. well so it's um yeah it's just really cool to watch because you know all of that stuff by now yeah yeah i guess as a standalone sort of thing it's um if you took it out of context and was just watching it as a spy film with sean connery and it might not be as uh memorable um and if you went to watch it in was it 1983 yeah Yeah. if you went to watch it then you might be we might walk out the cinema and go oh Oh, it did pretty well i think at the box office yeah so then at number uh god brennan gives it in at number five in, in Connery. Well, I can't tell you. It's quite, I mean, don't I dare you to do it in Connery. We can't do a five. <laughs> and in at number five. Thunderball. Mm. Yeah, um, it ranked very similar for all of us, but um, I ranked it... Let's have a look. Oh, you ranked it second from bottom. I ranked it third from bottom. And Wheatley, you put it as the fourth best Bond film, uh, Sean Connery Bond film. I would have gone higher. I would have gone higher, but... Um... I, I I actually love Thunderball. I think it's I, again rose tinted spectacles. I remember watching it as a kid. It was probably one of my favourites as a kid, just because it's loads of really interesting stuff to it. It's it, you know, if if you think about the Bond films as like all the different things that happen. So like you know, uh, Thunderball has just got so many elements to it. Like you only know twice. They're very similar in the fact that they're very colourful films there's loads happening there's sharks there's boats there's all sorts of things and I just remember it being really fun to watch when I was when I was younger now now it's a little bit different because it is a little bit sillier than I remember but I still think it's a great film I still enjoy it yeah I mean I would rank it higher to be honest but um just due to the fact that there's four better James Bond films uh, with Sean Connery in (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it is good we saw again I think we saw this one at the BFI few years ago now it must have been nearly 10 years ago i think and yeah. it was enjoyable i'd love to see it on the big screen again um to see yeah. uh 
um yeah to see what i thought um but yeah it does have some great uh sort of iconography it's got the 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 rocket the jetpack obviously yeah um it has got a db5 scene it's got the stuff at shrublands it's all interesting stuff yeah. isn't it um and then you've got it's the just a really disco nice volante t- and it's just a beautiful film to watch really it's a very very visual film and when i think about films like some of the other Connery ones like i i, I see you know from Russia of love being a very dark film like it's a almost film noir style color 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 style as i think about it but um yeah i just i just think it's very nice and enjoyable to watch it's been interesting with connery i think it was it was a struggle because you're trying to work out where to put things because there's loads of good ones that maybe when we get to roger it will be the opposite going well that one's actually worse than that one so move that down yeah it's a spy love me and then everything else <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <clears throat> spoilers um but yeah, I guess Thunderbolt also doesn't have that memorable. It does have a memorable theme song, I guess, but um, it's not. It's not one of the greatest, is it? It's fine. It's fine. It, it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So then, in at number four, it's "You Only Live Twice." Um, yeah. So Brendan, you ranked this one in fourth. I did fourth, yeah. Yeah, same with me. So we basically agree on every everyone from here here on. It was only Wheatley that uh, sort of disagreed. I guess this one is the most cartoonish of the yeah. of yeah. the of the Sean Connery James Bond films, and I think maybe Roald Dahl has a lot to do with that. Um, yeah. But there's just so much that happens in this film. It's just so convoluted. It's a massive film, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, there's lots. There's lots of scenes. There's lots of places. It's, it's really. Yeah, it's even beautiful, it, beautifully shot. Yeah, even just the, the him dying at the start. It's such a protracted um, mm-hmm. sequence of events that leads him to returning from the dead. But I think the stuff it's is the kids' film, isn't it? It's the kids' favorite. Yeah, it's like a, it's almost like a, a James Bond Junior film where there's like, you know spy kids where there's just things happening all the time, which I think is it, it benefits from. I think I think it's nice from that perspective, but obviously. You can't compare it with something like From Richard of Love. No. It's almost the... Well, I guess it's like the... the it probably is the most direct um, inspiration for Austin Powers beyond uh, the 67 yes. Casino Royale because it's got the the volcano lair, it's got the blowfeld with the scar and the accent and all that sort of stuff. It's... Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not not just Austin Powers, but almost every Like Simpsons have probably done most of that film. Yeah. Uh, you know, homages to to that film, yeah. and a lot of other things have as well, because it's it's because it's so big and so cartoony. Yeah, it's, it's I, easy I think, to take from. But a lot of people who kind of use Bond references later in life, because a lot of people, everyone knows Bond from when you're a kid, but some people haven't watched Bond since they were a kid because they're not they're not really big fans. So they may remember Bond as being you know you only live twice. They won't remember all the other ones. So that's why it's probably st- stuck in everyone's head because. Yeah, it's like all some of those scenes are so memorable. Not necessarily good, but memorable. Yeah, it's definitely a Saturday afternoon bank holiday weekend staple, yeah. isn't in it? In fact, it has some of the worst scenes in any Bond films, especially <laughs> if you're talking about, you know, um, offensiveness and yeah. to women and to, to to you know ethnic stereotypes and stuff like that. But it's um, yeah, it's definitely the most one of the nicer looking ones. Did it? How the bit budget on that was enormous as well, wasn't it? At the time, yeah, I think it was one of the biggest, wasn't it? I think it, I think Thunderball maybe just slightly edges it. Um, yeah, 
but yeah that location stuff which just looks amazing for japan um actually really like that about the early bond films is that often they would just stick to one sort of one major location and have a little bit in each one i think sometimes there's yeah. a tendency in the later ones to, to jet set a lot and be all over the place but mm. when you look at yeah. you only live twice just in japan and then on a majesty secret service on the mountain it's like it's very identifiable in in, in just that one location i quite like that about yeah. but it's an interesting location as well especially at that time because during you know the, the early earlier in the in the last century things like japanese culture were really interesting and people didn't know a lot about it so it was a really interesting place to go to and then you could diamonds are forever las vegas wasn't that exciting a place to go to especially for americans it's not like a you know beautiful impressive thing that nobody knows about so um yeah it's definitely um an exciting thing to watch for uh, people of that era so in at number 3 Doctor No, the very first mm. Sean Connery James Bond film, the very first James Bond film, full stop. Um, mm. Are hard to uh, place it higher, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. It's still still rough around the edges, isn't it? At this point, yeah. Mm. But it has a purity to for me, and obviously clearly for you two that you you don't find with You Only Live Twice or Thunderball. Forgetting the, yeah. the other two, right? Because they're sort of not contenders yeah. but um yeah what sets it apart from you only live twice and and thunderball is is just that simplicity it's very it's a very basic bond film um yeah. it's almost like they've taken a bit of thunderball and just done that because mm. they don't they they, they it doesn't have loads of locations it's fairly the storyline is quite simple they're not moving around doing loads of different things which i think is obviously they didn't have as big anywhere near as big a budget to do that film so they had to pick their battles and choose the best places to go but i think that's to its credit and they focus on the story and the character and um yeah yeah and you've got ken adam working wonders with the the tiny yes. budget that he had as well yeah um it all it's it's like yeah. a, an early early blueprint for what was to come and it's yeah. exciting because it's all new even when you watch it now you know that it's the first time you've seen him you know it's the first time you've done things which is yeah. all pretty cool to see the yeah. first time he delivers that line well exactly yeah. i was literally just about to say that and yeah. that is the one iconic moment from that film it, yeah. well i say the what it's yeah. one of the iconic moments there's that there's ursula andras coming out of the sea um yeah. what else him the the you've had your six like they're That's just the like see, yeah. the greatest yeah. hits of bond and and there's three right there for for, for, for you know the hall of fame instantly yeah. um uh, I guess it, the music, I think, maybe lets the film down just a little bit. You've got the Monty Norman score um, and the very sort of heavily West yeah. Indies inflected style of the of the soundtrack. I think that's doesn't it kind of dates it a little bit. I feel. Yes. Whereas the others yeah. have these timeless John Barry scores. This one, maybe maybe not so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also maybe the finale isn't quite as thrilling or, or, or as exciting as, as what was to come down the line. Um, no, no. But I always think with Doctor No that, well, they, they were originally not going to release that as the first one, were they? That was going to come later on. And if they'd have done Doctor No later on, it would have been like You Only Live Twice. They would have had all of the, the sets. They wore, would have made the island phenomenal, mm-hmm. but they couldn't. So um, whatever film came first in the Bond series would have suffered from the same thing. And I'm glad it was Doctor No. I'm, I, I, I think it works well that way. 
yeah, I guess if you if it had have been Casino Royale, the first book, and they'd been able to do the books sequentially, that this sort of stripped back style would have worked perfectly for that book. Hmm. But they weren't able to do it. And then I think they looked at Thunderball was going to be the first one, but it was mired in the uh, the legal issues. Um, yeah. I, th- I think Doctor No gives you a flavour of what's to come. You have a little bit of big budget stuff in there. What Ken Adams does is fantastic with it. And it looks great. So you know what you you know what you get you're in for with Bond, and they get bigger and better as time goes on. I think Casino Royale at that time with no budget would have been a massive risk because people might have it might have been it might have just become a very cheap, you know, spy thing that and there were a lot of those about at the time. So But yeah, I guess set the Yeah, the the exoticness of the locations yeah. for this one really helps. I guess if it was just gonna yeah. be on the wherever it is the french coast then it might not have captured the imaginations and and i guess people weren't able to travel as far um then and it was sort of seeing no. the world in a different and way probably hard to show uh, in casino royale even though it's set in a casino in is it montenegro that they um yeah film it yeah uh, it, it it looks beautiful because it's beautifully shot and it's the cameras pick it up wonderfully back in the olden days when you're picking up a casino probably doesn't look as good. It's probably just going to look the same as every other casino in a TV show, so it would be a bit of a waste. Ah, so Doctor No, Sean Connery's third best James Bond film, which leaves just two uh, to choose from. And so in at number two, big drum roll, please. (laughs) It's, It's from Russia With Love. And this could easily have been the number one film, um, I yeah. think. Uh, yeah, I keep coming back to this one. It's just a, it's just great. Um, from st- I, I was going to say from start to finish. I do think it tails off a little bit towards the end. But um, I think it's Bond. Again, it's it's Bond. At, not back to basics, but starting with the basics <laughs> um, and then building on it from there. Um, yeah. It's got a good theme song. It's sort of where Doctor No was like the demo version. This very much feels like a studio version, right? The the first the first three, even four films, are basically putting together the pieces for 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 Connery Bond, and Doctor No sets up some really nice bits. And it's a very it doesn't have anywhere it doesn't have even close to all the elements of Bond, and from Rushery of Love adds most of the elements like the one the bits that the form the basis of bond are in from russia with love you've got the character down and when you when you when you move over to goldfinger um which listeners have probably guessed is a number one by now <laughs> um that's when you've got the whole lot you've got the whole shebang with um with with um connery's bond but i think there's there's certain elements to from russia with love that aren't in gold goldfinger it's definitely He's he's got his character's a lot darker and there's a lot more depth to it than you get in Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's also doing a lot of actual spy work, which is yes. great. Uh, yeah. I just love the pacing. It yeah. just really reins it in, doesn't it? It's like nice slow, but not too slow. It you know it's still no. moving along, which is is key. Um, yeah, I, I I love this. I think my my top two could change. You know, they're interchangeable. Uh, depending on how I feel yeah yeah for me like I said I think it's the finale of From Russia With Love that um, sort of lets it down you sort of forget the parts that happen between 
the stuff that's on the train and then the stuff in the hotel with Rosa Klebb, there's that whole sort of extended chase sequence, which I understand is um, was in a, a late edition. They felt they didn't have enough action in it. So they thought we need to add another action scene at the end. And it's yeah. just it it's it just detracts from everything that's that's come before it. And I think that's its only um, only misstep for me. I love all the stuff in again. It's a great location. All the stuff in Istanbul. I think it's just a fantastic yeah setting yeah. and then the the on on the train is it the orient express yes it is the orient express isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that is a great spy setting right and hitchcock Fantastic. hitchcock had done it I before mean, tra- right? trains in the 60s yeah. yeah if you had a spy film there was a train there's a brilliant train sequence and yeah. you've got to do that right and yeah it just fits in perfectly yeah um i i always think with the um from russia with love in that goldfinger is a great Bond film. It's the perfect Bond film, but From Russia With Love isn't just a great Bond film. It's a great other film as well. There's lots of genres that you could say, well, From Russia With Love, that's in my top three of, you know, spy genres for the you know, 60s spy genres, all these different things. You'd never put Goldfinger in your top spy genre films or anything like that. It's just a great Bond film. Um, so I think, yes, it's From Russia With Love. We're, we're putting this in terms of the best Bond films for Connery, but it would probably top the list for other things for me if it wasn't just straight Bond film. And Red Grant is so menacing and unnerving. Oh, yeah. yeah, fantastic! It's excellent. Well, I always think it's 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 interesting that it's um, Robert Shaw as well, because I always think of um, you know him him in Jaws and and talking about you know looking into the eyes of the shark and it's the doll's eyes and it's just like he could be talking about Red Grant. The, yeah. the, mm-hmm. and the way that Red Grant surfaces in this film and just like lays waste to everything in his path it's so like Jaws and he obviously he's in that yeah. film um, yeah. I, I find um, Red Grant, uh, Robert Shaw such a weird like I seem to remember when I watched um, From Russia With Love there was quite a big dis- space between when I'd watched it again and then I'd probably seen Robert Shaw in a lot of other films since then like it was in The Sting wasn't it? Yeah and um, obviously Jaws and things. And I never associated him with Red Grant. I never thought that was the same guy as Red Grant. And it, I, it always took, it took me a while to realise that that, that that link, because it's, that role is so different than what he played in so all his later roles. Yeah, I think maybe our next podcast might be a Robert Shaw podcast. Um, I've, I think I'm sort of, that's where I've landed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I hope you come along for us for for the ride with me because um, I just think he's excellent in every, everything I've seen him in. He's so good. How many episodes are you doing on that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, so the I rest, might not be joining that ride. Yeah. <laughs> might be busy. Um, yeah, from Russia with love. What a what a film. What film? Mm. And that obviously only leaves one more film to mention of Sean Connery's, and that's Goldfinger. And it just almost seems like so obvious to say that it's his best film, but it is his best, <laughs> best James. I don't Bond think film. anybody. I don't think we've ever seen anyone who's argued with us. Everyone who's gone, yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, I don't know. You do see some rankings online, and 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 they don't put it up there. I think there's. I'm trying to think what the other arguments for the number one film. It's not. It's normally Casino Royale, right? The one that people. Oh, for the best Bond film, yeah, yeah. I think I, th- but I think there's an argument for old and new Bond films. I think you can do that. But if you were doing best Conneries, right? I don't think there's the only argument you get is from Russia with Love, and I think that'd be a same argument as what I was giving, where it's a great, it's mm. a brilliant film. But if you just want the complete Bond film, you, you can't really beat Goldfinger when it comes to you know the earlier ones. But yeah, I'd, you, Casino Royale, yeah, you could argue as well. I'd like to hear reasons why this isn't 
if anyone wants to email and let us know what they don't like about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because for me, I, I can't think of anything. No, no. It seems perfect to me. I actually can't think of a reason why... I can't think of any reason why I don't like this film. I, I, I can... Yeah. I, there's nothing in it I can think of I don't like. What about uh, Bond uh, trying to seduce a lesbian and making him, her sleep with him? <laughs> but I just think it's ridiculous. And... Those kind of things are just... I mean, it's, it's barely even... It's just so stupid. It's barely even offensive if you look back at it now. Um, and you don't watch it going, that's he's so cool for doing that. You just think, well, that's ridiculous. But he's yeah. still cool when he's doing it. So you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't dislike him for it. Uh, yeah, I think this is a... It's a fantastic, fantastic film. Um, like, if you had to name, like, the three best things about this film, I think you'd struggle. I think... You know the DB five, the the henchman, the villain, the song, the Bond girl. You just keep on going, yeah. keep on going. The the settings, yeah. the scenes, the yeah. the music. I just think it's all it's all flawless. That um, I know you've talked about it Wheatley before, but the 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 score when he goes to the hotel room, um, and six underground. Yeah, yeah, and that that music yeah. then it's just so brilliant. Uh, I think with Goldfinger that you can pick a lot of Bond films and you maybe have, what, 50 scenes throughout the course of a Bond film and you look at a lot of them and I'd probably go, that was all right, that was all right. Yeah, that one's a good one. That one's all right. That one's... Goldfinger, you can pick any scene, literally any scene that's going on in that film and you go, oh, I love this scene. Like the first bit where he's playing the cards with yeah. um, with Goldfinger... It's just a simple scene. It's just, it's not a big scene, but every bit of it's so perfectly shot and so it's just it just is brilliant. It's not there's no boring scenes in it. Yeah, agreed. Um, mint julep. The mint julep. So simple. <laughs> yeah, brilliant scene. Great. The fact he's just hanging out as well. He's yeah. just hanging out. Yeah. Golf um, scene. One of the best golf scenes. The best golf scene in any in any film. Yeah. Without Adam Sandler yeah. in it. Without Adam Sandler. In it. <laughs> Obviously, you put Adam Sandler in it. I and mean, it doesn't come out. The the laser scene, you know, mm. yeah, just absolutely overplayed, of course, because it's iconic, but yeah. for for a reason, you know. Yeah, uh, in, it's just excellent. Interesting that often when you read about the later films, how often they talk about bringing Goldfinger back, like his twin brother or whatever, and it is kind yes. of interesting Shut that. Up. The, no, that's Blofeld, isn't it? I think that was oh, his. Blofeld. Who was the Goldfinger one? Well, they were talking about bringing uh, um, bringing him back, uh, th- possibly on a Majesty's Secret Service uh, as the villain. Yes, that was right. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, just at that time, you know, he was such an iconic villain for Bond. It's weird, it's unusual that they haven't ever revisited him. I wouldn't be surprised mm. if at some point down the line that they revisit Goldfinger in, in some way, because that's just where we are at the stage of nostalgia, right? It's, it's... It'll be a young bloke or woman. Oh, it's got to be a big fat man. <laughs> no, it's going to be Michael Fassbender, isn't it? It'll be Michael it'll, Fassbender. Yeah, be a very attractive actor. <laughs> and you won't realise he's called Goldfinger until the end when you realise that he's got a Goldfinger and he had it all along. <laughs> But I think I think that's I think that's inevitable. Surely, Goldfinger to return. But but what oh, are they, I mean, it's, I a, it's inevit- they all will. Every villain will have return at some point, won't they? It's it's inevitable. But it's a difficult task to to do it well. That's going to be the problem. Yeah, 
just got to leave it long enough so people so so we're too old to moan <laughs> goldfinger junior yeah or, or, or we'll get to that point where some studios producing bond cinematic universe and there's a there's a young goldfinger there's a young blowfield yeah Jaws Jr. Well, that that concludes, I guess, the ranking of the Sean Connery James Bond films. So just to yep. run that down again, number seven, Diamonds Are Forever. Number six, Never Say Never Again. Number five, Thunderball. Number four, You Only Live Twice. Number three, Doctor No. Number two, From Russia With Love. And number one, Goldfinger. Uh, we would obviously love to hear your own personal rankings of the Sean Connery uh, films. Oh, please do. And if you've got any arguments on, on why we've got it wrong i'd love to hear them we'll read them out well um, that'd be great i think it would be mad for us to say we are empirically correct on this on this ranking people are entitled I, to their I, opinions i we, we have a bit of an echo chamber when it comes to um connery films because we're obviously saying the same things but i mean if you somebody's got a reason why the one's better i'd love to hear it because I, you know there's we're not we're not right in any by any stretch of the imagination so you can email us on podcast at jamesbondatoz.co.uk or you can message us on, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram on jamesbondatoz. Uh, but yeah, we'd love to um, love to hear from you. So that was our ranking of the Sean Connery films. And just to wrap things up, we just thought we'd have a quick chat about... Um, just a few more Connery as Bond uh, discussion points. Uh, the the worst worst Connery Bond scene. Um, where where do you start with that? Nineteen seventy one. Elaborate. Uh, there's a scene that's about two hours five minutes long. Oh God, go it's on. It's called Diamonds Are Forever. Wow. Nice. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's really good. Okay. If, if you'd like to email in and complain about um, <laughs> it's uh, Brendan <laughs> Brendan J Duffy at uh... um, well um, I think worst worst Bond scenes is a, is a really difficult one because when when you're doing worst Bond scenes um, for the entire film series it's quite easy because like some of them have awful Bond scenes like if you if you were to pick the Bond that's got the worst scenes it's it's more isn't it because there's just there's so many stupid scenes. Connery doesn't really have many stupid scenes. Like, it's quite hard to find something where you go, "That's ridiculous." He just he just looks stupid in that. So it's quite difficult from that perspective. But I think most of Connery's bad scenes largely come from the time he was in, yeah, and the fact that they're either offensive to some ethnicity or to women. Mm. Um, and that and that's I think, and I don't think that's it. Doesn't it's not him being bad in a scene. I think it's just the time it was in, and it it just doesn't sit right he's, he's not dressed as a clown or something like roger moore um but i think there's a lot of those scenes <laughs> or a gorilla so essentially it's, it's it's not so much choosing the worst scene it's choosing the most offensive scene i mean yeah. i mean the the one the, the one that always tops the list is the you know the the yellow face in in you only live twice um yeah. being disguised yeah. the, rom, as a, the romulan yeah as a japanese person um it's, it's just, just awful, it's offensive it? on every level but um i guess it's kind of um lifted to a certain extent from Fleming is it I don't even remember I don't know I I I just think that is I think that's the the one time where Connery looks stupid he just mm. looks ridiculous he look he like he, he's, he doesn't look cool 
no, doesn't look Japanese. He doesn't look Japanese. He doesn't look cool. He looks. He just looks weird, and it, it's it's a very odd thing for him to do. Like I, I, I just, they should have taken that out. Even even if it wasn't for the racism, take it out because it looks stupid. Yeah, yeah, racism's enough though. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's there's the other there's like man talk, the man talk scene. Um, yes. The beginning of Goldfinger. Yep. Problematic. Uh, yeah, uh, you only live twice at the beginning. The the conversation about duck, the peeking duck. Yes, oh, yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Diamonds so, are forever. The opening scene as well. He strangles the woman with the with the bikini. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all the they're, it's all, it's always the same though. With like every, every scene that you put down as the worst comedy scenes, it's always just because it's offensive in some way. It's just unnecessarily offensive. I just wish he did done something really stupid, so at least you could have that at the bottom of the list. What about ballroom dancing <laughs> in, in never, never Say Never Again? Oh, yeah, oh, that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and that then, and then he drops her down and says, your brother's dead. <laughs> Whispers it. <laughs> your brother's dead. Yeah, yeah, Never Say Never Again has is, is probably got a few of his most ridiculous scenes because he does play up to the fact he's a bit older and he's not as cool, doesn't he? And, and he does that rapey again. massage thing as well. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So he had, he had it's kind a, of forgiven he, though, because the film is a bit slapstick anyway. You got um, characters in it that are designed just to be stupid, so it's almost like it's not as bad when he does something stupid in that film. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just a silly film, isn't it? Um, yeah. But what, what about? Um, let's move off on from the negative. What? Um, what about his best scenes? What are you know the ones that show Connery at his, at his best? Let's. I mean, straight in there, the, his introduction in in Doctor No, just with yeah. those that mm. the simple line, just the smouldering look at, from the table. Per- yeah, it's fantastic. Perfect. And his Bond, James Bond. It's just, um, yeah. Actually, I was, I was when I was coming up with questions that we could discuss. One of them was if you a bit of a strange, morbid one, really. But um, if if you had like an obituary for Sean Connery and you could have a like a five second looping gif as part of his obituary on his website from any film from any scene of anything what would it be that was what I was thinking you just have that looping scene of him when he first became Bond as like the thing you remember him for mm. I mean that's pretty much what BBC News did uh, when he, when yes. he died <laughs> just, they just had yeah. that scene Did oh, well I, I would also have gone for the umbrella in uh, Ask Crusade but um, ah, yes. it it's, not as, it's not as big as it no, sorry, I've moved. I've moved on to another question. Go back. <laughs> where, um, were we? where were we? Uh, I, so yeah, well, I started talking about Doctor No, and again from that film, and I always say this, you know, the the bit where he kills, um, uh, oh god, I always forget what his name is, but with the with the assassin Dent. who's waiting for him, Dent, yeah, Professor Dent in the in the hotel room. It's just yeah, yeah. six shots, yeah, yeah, you know, it's um, it's that that moment you realise that Bond is not here to to make friends he's here he, he is an assassin he's a killer he's not he a hero is he he's no. not your normal hero straight away no no yeah that's good um, um then of course the train scene from russia with love absolutely 100 um, percent. yeah yeah he's got you could probably it'd be quite nice to to choose scenes from connery's bond as to like show how he's well-rounded like his humorous scenes his 
um, it's hard man scenes because he's got a bit of everything I think in uh, across them that mm. that some of the bonds some of the bonds don't have. Um, I still always go for that scene. I'm very quick with this because I've already talked about it before. But the one where he walks in and uh, sees the um, reflection in yeah. the woman's eyes in the bath and yeah, um, po- shocking, positively shocking. <laughs> that's for me. That that's just everything. Nice just impression. It, I didn't put the effort in with that one. I, I should have. <laughs> you had all that. You had the sh as well. You you know, would have been the perfect one. Perfect one to attack to to try. <laughs> um, we this we we did we didn't have a lot of positive to say about you only live twice. And we said a bit positive about you only live twice, but there are really good good action sequences in there for me. The one um, first of all where he fights um, the guy who is the Rock's real life grandfather. Um, that's a oh, good bruising good. Mm. fight scene where they're throwing sofas at each other. That's that's really good, and he's got those really cool shoes on. Yeah, yeah. And then also in You Only Live Twice, where he escapes across the rooftop, and the camera tracks him. Uh, a really cool panning shot across fantastic the roof, scene, and he's yeah. sort of fighting loads of different people at the dockside. And it's just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of you know when you look at cinema and you see people doing this some things in films, and you think that's an amazing bit of cinematography, like The Matrix and things. There's not many examples of people doing that scene that well as, as happens in that film where you've got that kind of tracking shot across the top and there's loads of people fighting. He's just running along. It's um, it's a really standout, standout shot. I do love that, that, that scene. Yeah, very yeah. Nolan-esque if you ask me, I think. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot to lot to choose from, really. Um, yeah, uh, and, and all of Goldfinger. You know, you just go, yeah, all of it. Pick a scene, yeah. like you said earlier. Yeah. In Julep. Yeah, obsessed with a mint julep, aren't you? I quite like a mint julep, actually. <laughs> Is it alcoholic a mint julep? I'm sure we can find one. <laughs> Let's make them. Let's make them. Um, yeah. Is there any other any other things you wanted to chat about with with Connery? Well, I suppose. Well, let's do let's do the question that I came up with that I confused quite a lot when I was explaining to you. But um, if you were, were going to cast a young Connery nowadays so you're talking like he's he's start of his bond career he's 30 something um you're gonna you're gonna cast him in a, in a movie that's come out in the past 10 years who who would that character be in the film right okay I can, okay i can Go start on. you give off give us an example yeah yeah so i've been thinking i spent ages thinking about this and it's really <laughs> difficult i think because if you're because you, you're doing it as him as like a 30 year old you're not doing it as him you know when he's in the rock and stuff when he was older which would have been easier to to cast him and because he did so many things and i was thinking that he's he was he's always been quite serious as an actor he's always been he wanted that of serious roles didn't he but he was he, he he kind of he was always after the the big roles so the people i kind of hit on were and i'll tell you i'll tell you the one first because the other one you're going to laugh at when i say it uh, so my first one is Christian Bale. I think he'd pick up quite similar roles to Christian Bale in that he wants the really good roles, but he's quite diverse in what he'll do. So, um, so is he playing Batman? I I, well, I tried to get away with the Batman one, but I think if there was a superhero role that he Connery would play at that age, it's got to be at that age, it would be Batman. I think he would have been all right at it, but I don't think he would have. I think he'd have been more art house. I think he'd be more doing more interesting kind of Oscar winning roles and stuff like that, that hard men would play. But the other role I've, the other role I've got down for him is, um, and I, it's not because of the actor, it's because of the role, but Tom Hardy in Warrior. Yeah. I can see Connery mm. doing that. It's a cool role. It's a hard man role, but it's, it's interesting that, in, in fact, a lot of the, re- like when I was looking through this, 
I generally came back to roles that other Bond actors had played as well. <laughs> uh, like, um, like Knives Out. You'd probably be quite good at Knives Out. But you'd expect that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, oh, that's... So, yeah, okay, I, I, right. I, I, really I understand str- it now. I understand the question now. I, I really struggled with... I don't think he'd be in Marvel films at that age. I just don't think he'd... I just can't see him doing any character in that. I can see him as an older man doing it. Like, he did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, didn't he? But as a young man, I just can't work... It's quite hard to choose roles for him. All right. Well, thinking about Connery back then and then and then transposing him to now, he really wanted to work with the best directors. He worked with worked with Hitchcock. He worked with Sidney Lumet. Um so then, you know, who who would the equivalents be? You've got to look at Martin Scorsese. You've got to look at the roles that Leonardo DiCaprio plays. You know, the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. He would be, you know, the mm. perfect the perfect guy for something yeah. like that. Or, well, I looked at Nolan. Nolan. There might be some Nolan films he'd pick up. Yeah. The, again, another DiCaprio role in the, the Don Cobb in Inception yeah. would have been interesting. Yeah. What about uh, Tarantino? Do you think he'd work with Tarantino? Oh, tantalising. You do a, a period piece with, you know, mm. Tarantino period piece with Connery in. Yeah. I, I was thinking he, uh, another actor, and this is, again, obviously Bond related, um, uh, Fassbender, but in something like 12 Years a Slave, I can definitely see Connery yeah, playing villain. roles in things like yeah, that. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or, yeah, maybe like a science fiction-y type thing, like, uh, like a Prometheus or something. Yeah. Something with depth, mm. where he's a bit of. I think he's always got to play somebody who's a bit tough. He's because he's never going to get away from being tough, is he? He's got to be. You're not going to believe him as like a, a, a non-tough actor. No, he's not going to be playing Tom Hanks roles, is he? No, no, definitely not. So what about Magneto? If you go in Fastbender, oh yes, I just don't. I just don't think he'd go under the age of forty-five. I don't think he'd go superhero. No, there's, more, there's more depth to Magneto, though, isn't there? I get There's not a lot of depth in Magneto. <laughs> I guess if you're follow if he's following the Christian Bale tra- trajectory, it was uh, Batman was his Bond, right? It put him on the path to doing yeah. the Oscar winning stuff, yeah. and now yeah. he's coming yeah. back to superhero films with uh, with Thor four. Um, yeah. uh, I, I, well, I forgot about that, and that messed up my my thought process. No, but I, I think I think you're on I think you're on the right track. I think Christian Bale's probably a good. He wants someone that wants to be taken seriously, that wants to work with the best. Um, yeah. has worked with the best um, yeah I think you could just you just take Bale out and put Connery in because even in uh, Ford versus Ferrari I could see that as well yeah yeah yeah. oh very good yeah I guess it's who, uh, the actor who he, who he is most like now um, yeah good question good question mm. alright so um, I've get, let's finish off with, uh, with uh, have you got an example Brendan do you have someone you wanted to a film you wanted to say no all right so this is the last question then um yeah you you can take any sean connery film with you on a desert island but it's not can't be one of his bond films which ones do you take which one do you take uh i'll guess your bj is going to be sir billy (laughs) you've already got it on him now (laughs) got it packed just in case (laughs) oh that is tricky I'm taking. I mean, I'm taking the Last Crusade. Yeah, well, I thought you would. Morning, morning, oh, day, and night. Last Crusade on my list. I'm taking Untouchables. You know. Yeah, I Chris, thought yeah. that, but then, which I thought brilliant, great film. I'd love to watch that, but I don't want to watch it. Like you're on a desert island, you're probably going to watch it 
at least once a week. You've got nothing else to do. I don't want to watch Kevin Costner once a week. It's gonna, <laughs> it's a, it's a balance which I don't want to. I, I, I thought about this. I've been through this whole process, and the one, you know, the one I went for because I'm not going for. It's not like what's his best film because yeah. it's easy to choose that. You're choosing a film that you could watch over and over again. And it's got a bit of depth to it. You you can enjoy it multiple times. You don't want to choose like I, I thought of like Finding Forrester. I thought, well, I'm not going to watch that more than one summer. So Time Bandits, I thought, because there's so much going on in that film. You could watch it in bits if you wanted to. Yeah. All right. Well, if if, if I'm not taking Last Crusade or Time Bandits, then it would be um, the man who would be king. Because then you got it. Yes, I looked yeah. to that as well. Two heavyweights for the yeah. price of one. Um, so you got to have something uplifting, haven't you? You've got to, you've got to yeah. have something a bit of fun on the, on the desert island. Yeah. My, my concern is on this desert island, if there's electricity and a screen, uh, you should not just be sitting watching one Sean Connery film. You could probably try and escape off of that island. It's just a battery. It's just like a, just a, a solar, solar battery. Solar, right, fair enough. Okay, yeah. you've thought about this. You haven't this. got anything else yeah. you can use it with. Right, fair. It's a high, <laughs> yeah. it's a high, so just, You've got your Sir Billy and that's it. <laughs> me, me and Sir Billy. Stuck on an yeah. island, <laughs> Dream Island. <laughs> if if we were se- if we were selling t-shirts, um, then that would be on it. Me and Sir Billy, um, yeah. and then and then you can't watch Co- Kevin Costner every day. <laughs> I think a lot of people would have that on t-shirts. Definitely, <laughs> not watching Kevin Costner every day. Um, that's great. I think um, yeah. If listeners want to get in touch with us with their. Um, Connery rankings, also their best and worst Connery scenes, and uh, their Connery Desert Island disc. Then, uh, yeah. absolutely. And any arguments against what Brendan has said as well can, can come in. <laughs> could I? Could I just say an honourable mention for his rendition of "In My Life"? Go on. Have you what? heard this? No. Right. The Beatles song. Check. Yeah. He speaks it. He doesn't sing it. What? But what, like William uh, Shatner does. Yeah. Look! Look, look out for it. Go and go and dig it up because I would probably take that. To, I'd rather rather than any of the films, I'll just take that song, his his rendition. Yes. Well, you can't take. What that. did he do it for? Uh, it was on one of the albums uh, where George Martin got uh, actors to do covers. Oh, interesting! Wow, I have yeah. to dig that up. Mm. Amazing. Right, well, that's been another episode of the James Bond Aid Said, slightly different to what we usually do. Uh, we will be back next time, and our next episode will be um, just a regular episode, I guess. We'll be talking about uh, Bill Conti, Chris Corbold, John Cork, Caroline Cossey, Derek Cracknell, and Tom Cross, all six very different filmmakers who had different levels of impact on the James Bond films. And then following that, we'll have the Daniel Craig specials, which we are very much looking forward to. Um, We hope you can join us. Uh, If you want to email us, just remind us what the email address is, please. Podcast at jamesbondatoz.co.uk And follow us on social media at... jamesbondatoz. A A to Z, yeah. I guess our Instagram is our most uh, exciting place. There's lots of great pictures on there that we, we, we share, but the, the Twitter's growing as well now. So, um, yeah, come and join us and tell us what we've got wrong because um, we <laughs> always like to be kept uh, on our toes. Uh, and thanks for all the emails we've been getting as well. Um, so, yeah, this has been the James Bond A to Z podcast. The James Bond A to Z podcast will return. Thanks a lot. Ciao. The James Bond A to Z podcast features Tom Butler, 
Brendan Duffy and Tom Wheatley. The podcast was produced by Tom Wheatley. With music by Tom Inglemels. And artwork supplied by Helen Dolly. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.